Super Talk Mississippi media production. Whether you're looking to start a career with no student loans or change careers to land one of the happiest jobs in the world, yep, that's construction, Build Mississippi can help. Visit buildmississippi.com to learn why a career in the trades deserves another look. buildmississippi.com. Your future is waiting. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi a better place to live, work, and play. And one of those people that makes it a better place to live, work, and play is my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. The Saints are still trying to find themselves. I hate it when they lose because it affects my whole week. But we're, it's Friday. It's time to focus again and think about, you know, can they find the winning formula? Jeff Duncan, how you doing, my friend? Ricky, Kyle, uh, great to see you guys. And, um, yeah. Fired up for the weekend, big game this weekend. But meantime, I'm just enjoying like the best time of the year in the Gulf Coast with this like mild climate weather. I love it. No, it is it is really amazing. Hey, we're recording this on Wednesday. It's going to play on Friday, so some news might break between now and the time uh, this actually plays. But part of the news, and we'll talk about the process around it, is Odell Beckham Jr. hitting the waiver wires. And he's, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of discussion about who he's going to be playing for. What do you think about the latest? Ricky, I thought you'd want to talk about that Falcons game. You, you want to talk about OBJ. We're going to come back to it again because we need a receiver. <laughs> yeah, I know. I hear you. Uh, no, it's a huge story. I mean, obviously, Odell Beckham Jr. is a New Orleans native, uh, LSU, former star at LSU, uh, big-time receiver who I think still has some juice left in his legs. Uh, I think if he gets in the right system, he could still be very productive. And the Saints are all in, man. I mean, I don't know if they're going to get him or not. By the time this comes out, we should know where he lands. But uh, there's a lot of competition for his services. And the Saints have been putting the full-court press on him. I mean, Sean Payton's personally been involved in this one. And uh, they won him pretty badly. Do you think – okay, so we'll come back to Odell Beckham here in just a second and how he might fit in. But – Man, Jeff, Jeff, the number of drop passes, and it's really across the board. I mean, how do you evaluate that? Well, I'll be honest with you, Ricky. I didn't think after I watched the game again and then I've looked at the analytics, I didn't think that was they dropped that many balls. I mean, some of those were competitive plays uh, by, you know, where the DB had his hands on the ball. I think they had, in the end, they had three recorded drops. In other words, three drops where the ball just hit their hands and they didn't catch it. That's not that bad. I just think drop passes are such a conspicuous, obvious thing that everybody sees and everyone gets frustrated. But I think that was part of the issue in that game. And it's now become the overriding narrative that everybody's focused on. I mean, they had a lot of penalties that put them in really tough situations. Uh, The defense gave up some humongous plays. I mean, I think they had five plays of over 30 yards, including a 64-yarder at the end of the game. Can't happen. So there were a lot of things that contributed, but the the receiving situation, I think, is being overstated, uh, in my opinion. I, I'm not saying it's great, because I think Mike Thomas makes some of those catches, even with the DB there. I think Marcus Colston makes those catches. 
So there's validity to it, but I don't think it's the magic bullet that's going to solve the Saints issues. Yeah, you were actually I was going to mention that because Michael Thomas, you're right. I mean, a lot of the catches he made, if you go back and look at his highlight reel, these were not easy catches. These are catches where his hands were so strong. He just was able to hold on, even though a DV might have had his hand on the ball as well. That in those, it's almost like a toss up, and he won the toss up. Yeah. Our our players uh, currently aren't usually aren't winning the toss up. They're just they're getting it knocked out of their hands or whatever the situation might be. Good defensive plays, I agree with you. Good defensive plays, uh, but when you add well, here, those, here's to another the, thing I'd say, yeah. Ricky. Just one other yeah. thing. Let let me add on this. I think it's another perfect example of the greatness of Drew Brees and how we took for granted his ability to put the ball maybe where that DB doesn't get his hands. And that's what we're seeing. And this is no indictment of Trevor Simeon or Jameis Winston or anybody. This is the difference between a Hall of Fame quarterback and a just a regular NFL quarterback. Drew Brees' greatness was ability to lead. I mean, we saw that happen in the game against the Falcons where Trevor Simeon's ball was a little behind Marquez Callaway. The DB gets his hand in. He gets knocked down, whereas Drew might have put that ball another foot and a half out in front. The DB doesn't even get his hands on it. So these little subtle nuances of having a Hall of Fame quarterback, I think are, we're starting to see it play out now in this season. It, it really, I mean, it's, it's a game of inches, literally inches. Uh, defensively, we didn't seem to have the pressure on the quarterback like we've been having. So what, what's your assessment of that? Yeah, I think it was a huge issue in that game. Sean Payton said so. Uh, I just felt like that game was going to be dangerous. I think I mentioned it. Uh, I felt like Atlanta uh, had a lot more to play for in that game, and I just felt like human nature is you, you come off the bye week, you go on the road and play a big emotional game on Monday Night Football against Seattle. You know you're geared up for that one. Uh, you're underdogs. And then you turn around on short rest and you play the – the defending Super Bowl champs in a huge game at home, electric atmosphere, and it just felt like this could be one of those games where you're a little flat, you don't have quite as much energy, and I think that played out. I, I felt it going to the stadium on Sunday. I drove right in an hour and a half before the game. It was any traffic. Everybody got there late. I think the fans kind of took the game for granted, and I think the Saints didn't have quite the energy uh, that Atlanta had, and they fell in that big hole and couldn't dig themselves out. So, you know, okay, so the game happens. All the press conferences happen and all the thing, you, all the stuff around Odell Beckham starts to kind of heat back up again. Set, set all that stuff aside. When you distill everything you're hearing, everything you're seeing, where are you right now in terms of what the winning formula might look like going forward? I think they're fine. I don't feel any differently than I did before that game. That was one that would have been nice to have. But the way I look at this schedule, this next four-game stretch is critical. Uh, they play three of the best teams in the NFL, starting this weekend with Tennessee. And then the after after the Philadelphia road game, which won't be easy, uh, then you've got two back-to-back -back massive home games against Buffalo and Dallas, two of the better teams in the league. I think the Saints have to go two and two in this four-game stretch. I think they can go two and two, and if they are, say, sitting at seven and five with their last, I think, five games, you look at that schedule, and I know it's tough to look at the schedule and, and predict wins, but I think the Saints could easily win four of their last five. 
And then you're looking at 11 and six. I think that's definitely a wild card berth. I don't think it wins the NFC South, but you get in the wild card, uh, get in the playoffs. It's been proven. It was. It happened last year. You can get on a roll and, and win a Super Bowl. So I, I'm, I'm just as bullish as I've been on the Saints. Uh, I think their strength of their defense, but they can't. Ha- they can't have these defensive lapses. Uh, the defense has to bring it every week. That's the strength of the team. They can't afford to have these lapses, giving up 50, 60 yard pass plays. Uh, it, it just can't happen. It, it has to. The, the defense has to carry this team. You know, you you know, I felt it. I, well, first of all, they came back. What a great comeback! And it would have been the greatest comeback in the history of the Saints had that sixty-four yard pass play not taken place. But you know, we I guess maybe it's the history. The Atlanta New Orleans games, all back as far back as you want to, you you name it. All those three-point games, you know, that we were right there in it. Won some, lost some. But you just felt like with that, you know, about a minute left in the game, that was going to be plenty of time for us to go home heart heartbroken. I just felt it. I, I didn't think that we had it in the bank because it, it, they had made too many big plays in that game for us to just walk away and think we're going to have this one. You, did you have well, the same feeling? Yeah, I mean, I actually thought the Saints would would pull that thing out once they got the lead. I just the crowd was into it. Uh, I mean, Atlanta just looked like they had imploded, just like they did in the, in the Super Bowl a few years ago. It was, it was astronomical meltdown. Uh, but uh, Matt Ryan played very well in that game, and the Saints had a coverage bust. I mean, they should not have been in that coverage. The rookie, if you go back and look at it, Ricky, I mean, he's the only one playing press coverage in that situation. They were supposed to be in a three-deep, uh, keep everything in front of you, defensive coverage. And uh, Matt Ryan saw it immediately, checked, being the veteran quarterback he is, he checked into a different play, and they attacked it. And credit to them, he threw a perfect pass with incredible pressure in his face, and they just made a big play right at the right time. So I I really, after I watched the game again, I I really felt like the defense let the Saints down. Yes, they had some issues in the first half offensively with penalties and drop balls, but I really felt like the defense – did not come to play early. They turned it up late, and then they gave up the big play when you can't you can't give it up. Uh, that was, in my opinion, the assessment of why that why that game turned out the way it did. It's a it's a year that we've talked about so many times when the Saints are trying to find themselves. They're trying to figure out what's the right mix of, of quarterback. What's the role of Taysom Hill? How do we get these young receivers stepping up to the plate in the way that we need them to? Uh, how do we how do we continue to make our defense the best it can be? It's a strength on the team, as you pointed out. Can't have these breakdowns, but we gotta we gotta bring it more than we normally would to win games. Now that's the bottom line. It's it, you know, it, and most of the games are gonna be close. Hey, when we come back. We're going to continue the conversation with Jeff Duncan. What's the latest on the quarterback situation? Jeff actually, his book, Peyton and Breeze, is now out in a sort of a, a paperback version. I want to hear the latest on that and, uh, and whatever else might be on just mine. We'll see you after this break. View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I 10 exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. 
talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View with my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. And when we talk about Drew Brees and the real impact he had on this team, and it's uh, it's important to listen to Jeff. Jeff, he's a member of the Hall of Fame Selection Committee. He's been sports writer of the year many times. He's covered the Saints longer than anybody else. He wrote the definitive book on um, on Peyton and Breeze called Peyton and Breeze, the men who built the greatest offense in NFL history. The book is by Jeff Duncan, and the forward is by Steve Gleason, his friend Steve Gleason. But but when you when we hear Jeff talk about this team and how it's different and what we might have taken for granted as it relates to Drew Brees, Jeff knows what that's all about. Jeff, the book has really done well, hasn't it? Yeah, we've been very uh, very pleased with sales. I mean, we're completely out now of hardcover copies. The first edition of the hardcover completely sold out. We do have a new shipment of of our paperback, our really nice classy paperback edition that has the updated epilogue of the 2020 season. So that is out now and they're cheaper. So they're a great Christmas gift. I've already sold a bunch of them, um, signed personalized copies. So excited about that. And uh, I think if you have a need for a Saints fan holiday gift, I think it would be a good one. Uh, They still hold up very well. You can learn a lot about uh, not just Sean Payton and Drew Brees, but the Saints offense and why it, has been so successful over the years. Not quite as good this year without Drew Brees, uh, but I think you can learn a lot of uh, best practices and business principles as well about uh, how to apply uh, some of these principles that the Saints use to, to be successful. Well, I think, and you and I have talked about this many times before, but to me, as I said before, the book will actually stand the test of time. While it's a, a, a book about Peyton and Breeze, and, and people may say, well, that's, 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 that was before, and it doesn't really apply today. What applies today is the entire notion of this, you have to have a PhD in offense to play in this system. And what does that mean? And how does that, you know, what's the role of a quarterback in Peyton's scheme? But, but I, as I've said so many times, and you mentioned about business principles, the overarching story here is about success and dogged determination and building, you know, burning the midnight oil and working your finger to the bone and recognizing that there are no short short steps, that there's no shortcuts around success that you got to put the time in you got to do the research you're only as good as your last performance then you got to get up and do it all over again these guys personify that and that's that's why i think you continue to be positive about peyton's ability to adapt to the moment with the players that he's got and still have a winning scenario i mean that's what i got from the book yeah that's a great point i think there's a lot of leadership qualities that you read about from both men uh, the attention to detail, the work ethic, all those things. Uh, you don't have to be a football fan to appreciate this book. And I'm, I'm saying that in all honesty, when I went in uh, to do the research on the book, uh, I learned along the way just how to apply yourself. And, and you learn there's no shortcuts to success, Ricky. I mean, in any walk of life, uh, these things, uh, it just doesn't happen overnight. And I think if you read uh, some of those chapters about how they put together a game plan. I mean, it's pretty eye-opening 
just how much work goes into a given game plan and why the Saints are so successful. And I think it it applies this year. You can learn about why they've been successful this year, even without Drew Brees, uh, because of the attention to detail and the work ethic. You know, it's going to be interesting. One of the things that I really respect Sean Payton for is his ability to connect with his players, <clears throat> his ability to minimize individual personalities and, and empower his leaders to inspire the team, to, to stay together as a team. It will be interesting to see if they were able to get Odell Beckham Jr., who can tend to be sort of a personality and uh, you know, bring a little bit of a, of a sideshow to the team. Can he manage that? Well, I think that's one of the selling points Sean Payton would make in his, in his pitch is, hey, you come in here, you can be yourself, but you still have to be a part of the team. They fostered this uh, winning culture in the locker room that I think is a strength of the Saints. It allows players like a Mike Thomas, like a, a C.J. Gardner-Johnson that, and, and, and Quan Alexander. I mean, these guys have uh, very strong personalities, mercurial personalities in some cases, but they've thrived in the Saints system, and it's never gotten bigger than the team. And I think that is a, a selling point to Odell Beckham Jr. I think Odell Beckham Jr. at this point, having played where he's played, wants to win. He wants to win at a high level, and the Saints certainly – have a strong track record of success they can sell to him. And I'll tell you one other thing that I'm writing about this week at, at, at NOLA.com and the Times-Picune. Wherever Odell Beckham Jr. ends up, it looks like it's going to be either New Orleans, Kansas City, Green Bay, outside chance at Seattle. But I think it's very interesting, Ricky. I think uh, you could see why the – I think his recruitment is a case study and why the NFL is so popular. We're talking about three of the smallest markets – in the NFL have a chance to get this big name receiver uh, who lives in Los Angeles in the off season. And that is the power of the NFL that these small markets can compete for a big star, much like Tampa Bay did in getting Tom Brady. That doesn't happen in most other professional sports leagues. They're all going to the big markets, especially the NBA. I think that is to the detriment of those sports leagues because the fans and the other markets don't feel like they can compete in the NFL. You can go get an Odell Beckham Jr. in a small market. You can get a Tom Brady, and that is the power of the NFL and the revenue-sharing plan they have. What's the latest on Gardner Johnson's injury? Well, I don't know. We, we've not seen practice report yet, so I don't know. I mean, it did not sound good. It was a toe for sure. I saw it right when it happened, and the fact that he had to be carted off and the fact that we talked to some of his teammates afterward and they sounded bad, uh, that was – Obviously a loss, but I would say, I mean, the Saints are deep at that position. Uh, P.J. Williams came in and played well. Uh, they're going to go after P.J. Williams. They're going to go after Paulson Adebo. Uh, there's no doubt that's the those are the targets in the Saints secondary. That's why they've got to have Marshawn Lattimore play like the lockdown guy, and he gave up a lot of plays in that game. Uh, they can't have that. They've got to have their best players, the guys they're paying to be elite, to be elite every weekend. Quan Alexander comes back from his injury. You don't hear his number being called as often as you did. Is he 100% or just trying to work his way back in, get in the flow? I, What's your read on him? I've got some serious questions just watching the film of him. He does not look the same. Uh, you know, That's the reality of coming off an Achilles tendon tear. Uh, more often than not, players lose that explosiveness and that burst. And uh, I'm not seeing it on tape right now. And I'm sure opponents aren't seeing it on tape as well. 
uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because uh, I'm sure the Saints are seeing it as well. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, because he was such a spirited player out there, and you just don't see that now. I mean, he was leading the play. Oftentimes, he's kind of following the play, which is not a good position to be in. Uh, Okay, so you studied the tape on Simeon. What's your your grade on him? Yeah, I thought he played fine. I don't think he was the issue. I mean, his ball placement could be a little bit better, but he also put some balls in that were dropped, like like we said. I mean, uh, he didn't get a lot of help. I mean, he was in a lot of second and third and longs because of the penalties in the first half. You're not going to convert third and 29, you know, <laughs> second and 20. Uh, that's not going to happen in the NFL. So the Saints have to play better around him. And, and, look, I don't think it's a given that Trevor Simeon is the guy the rest of the year. Sean Payton has pretty much said that. I think this is going to be a week-to-week basis on this quarterback situation. I don't think they felt 100% about Taysom Hill in the game plan because of his coming coming off concussion. There's a reason he had such limited touches and limited snaps. He played 17 snaps. That's well below his normal playing time uh, allotment. So I, I think as we, as we see this play out and Taysom gets healthy, uh, I think he could be back in the mix to be the starter. I, I think it could be something that goes week to week the rest of the year. Well, we saw when he came in for that series of plays, I mean, he, he converted a couple of really strong passes. But one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is that, man, when he threw the ball, and this tends to be his style, he throws the ball like a bullet. I mean, it's coming out fast, whereas Simeon's got touch. What's better? You know, the bullet yeah, or touch? Yeah, it just depends. I mean, I think the, the thing that Sean pointed out after the game, the reason they're so intrigued by Taysom Hill is when he comes in, Defenses play the Saints differently. They play a lot of what they call single high safety with just one safety back. And you get some better pass looks uh, because they're afraid of the rushing attack with Saysom Hill in there. They have to play differently. And that's what opens up some of those uh, pass routes that we saw him connect on. And that's the appeal. That's the same thing that other running quarterbacks in this league have. It's why Kyler Murray is having such a big year. Lamar Jackson's having a big year. There's the game has changed, and that, having that running threat at quarterback opens up a lot of things in the passing. It makes things a little easier. So, who's going to start this weekend? I have no idea. I really don't. I, I think it's up in the air. I mean, I think Trevor Simeon will get the start, uh, but I think you're going to see both guys from here on out anyway in these games, and uh, and I think that'll be fine. I think they can win, but they've got to play better in the other facets of the game. I know you're headed over to the Saints training facility, and a lot of news is going to happen between now and the time this, this airs. But you've done a great job of helping us break it all down. It's Everything you said is super applicable to when this is going to air on Friday because there's a lot about the concepts, the leadership approach, the, the opportunities we have to, to put it all together and still have a winning season. And as usual, Jeff Duncan, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thank process of it all, the leadership that's necessary to create a winning team. We've got a good feel for that. Anyway, when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. We'll see you after this break. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.